The mindset of achievers is not about fear of failure. It's about, I'm building this thing. Come what may, we are building this thing. And so when stuff happens and it doesn't go the way that you wanted, it's not crippling. It doesn't cause you to redouble. It doesn't cause you to rethink and, oh, shoot, maybe we're, no. Like, you just learned that doesn't work. Now, do the next thing. CEOs often feel stuck in the grind of scaling their business and feel like they're missing out on the best parts of life, like family, friends, or travel. On this podcast, CEOs come to take themselves and their companies to the next level. Let's dive into the Millionaire Mind with your host, Dallin Schultz. Hey, welcome back to another Millionaire Mind episode where I have some of the most successful business owners sharing what motivates them to get out of bed every morning and how they elevate themselves and their companies to the next level level. Look, we all know this. There are a lot of moving parts in any business. And automating as much of those processes as possible is critical for growth and scalability. And our guest today specializes in exactly this. And he helps other businesses become more efficient and effective with the use of automation and technology. So not only am I excited to get into this topic of business, but also this man's journey as he shares with us how he got to where he is today. So really excited to get into this topic. Special welcome to our guest, Clay Mask. Clay, thank you for joining us today. Oh man, thank you so much. It's great to be here with you. Looking forward to this. And uh, I got to admit, I'm a little embarrassed. I worked in some automation to get Clay scheduled onto this podcast and it flopped. And here I am, like trying to show how good I am with automation with an automation expert. So that was a little embarrassing. So I'm sure I'm going to get as much out of this episode as you are listening to this. So no, it's it's great down to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. So Clay, why don't you share with our listener just a little bit about who you are and what you do today? Yeah. Clayton Ask, co-founder and CEO of Keep, that's K-E-A-P, like keep growing. We're all about the grit and tenacity of entrepreneurs, which is why we call the company Keep. We are small business automation. So we help six, seven, and eight-figure businesses who are frustrated with the chaos and the way that it holds them back. We help them automate their entire business so that they can get the growth, profit, and freedom that they wanted when they started in the first place. And that <laughs> that is so critical because a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially if you consider yourself more of that CEO visionary, we're the ones with the crazy ideas. We're the ones with thoughts running through our mind at 100 miles an hour, and it creates a lot of chaos and disorganization. So what Clay is able to do is to bring into these businesses a systematic approach and technology and automation to really expedite that and then clean it up so that you as a business owner can be more efficient. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I would argue that most of us want more time, right? Yeah. Money will come and go. Time is really what we're after. And I think that's why a lot of us start businesses. And even if we leave a job to start a business, we often find that we leave a 40-hour-a-week job to work 60 or 70 hours a week on our business. And that's what you money. and your... <laughs> <for less money. laughs> it's like, who does that? We do. Right. So what Clay and his team does is absolutely critical. So I invite you, listen to his story, listen to his journey as we get into it in this episode. And if there's anything that really resonates with you, or there's something that you feel like is lacking or missing in your business in regards to this, then Clay's, he's going to share with us his contact information at the end. Feel free to reach out to him. So awesome, Clay. Let's take it back. Let's talk a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today. So when would you say this entrepreneur journey 
really began for you? Yeah, it really starts when I was a kid. It's just always been in my blood. I've always had a desire to run my own business. When I was young, I looked around and saw my friend's parents that were doing great in business. When I was a teenager, my mom started a business and I saw her success and experience with that. And I saw the hard work too. I probably didn't see it as clearly when I saw my friend's parents. I was seduced by the overnight success story that everybody perceives looking from the outside. But I saw it more closely with my mom and I was like, okay, I see the hard work, but I also see the rewards. And man, that's pretty awesome. So I've always had it in me. I went to college. I spent a lot of time studying and getting some of the dreamer and creator beaten out of me by institutional learning, which is sometimes seems like that's their only purpose. (laughs) But I am appreciative of my education. But when it came time to starting my own business, while the education was helpful, there's so many things that you just have to learn by doing and getting in and making lots of mistakes and moving fast and figuring things out. The short answer to your question is I've always had it in me to a desire to run a business and did little things when I was a kid, all kinds of stuff to make money. But when we started this business over 20 years ago, I knew it had the potential to do something amazing for entrepreneurs. And I've been so thrilled with what we've done over the last two decades. And at the same time, I feel like there's so much in front of us. We're just getting started with what we can do to automate businesses for six, seven, eight figure businesses. Well, and you started this 20 years ago before AI was really a thing and we had yeah. the technology and stuff today. So I can only imagine, given the foundation that you and your team have, what you're going to be able to do these next few years. And so there's probably a lot of excitement and involvement and growth happening, not only in your company, but for your clients as well. Because as you guys learn these new things and implement it, you're able to implement it into their businesses as well. Yeah. No, the future is very exciting. And the, the capabilities that we have now with technology are just so, it's so cool. I know just simple things like a few years ago, creating content for your communications. This is more on the marketing automation side. And we do marketing automation, sales automation, service automation, operations automation. It's the entire business automation. But you think about the marketing automation. It's one thing to have a template, but that doesn't necessarily really speak who you are. And so creating content was always a really challenging thing. And now with the AI capabilities that we've built into the product, leveraging chat GPT technology, I mean, it's just amazing what you can create really quickly that is just tailored for your audience. It's so cool to see. That's just one small example of what technology enables today that you couldn't do a long time ago. So you're right. There's a lot of exciting stuff. But I think the thing that I love about what we do is it's actually not so much about the technology, believe it or not. It's the fundamentals of entrepreneurship and the basics that don't change in any business and what needs to be done in order to overcome the overwhelm, the disorganization, the dropped balls, the missed opportunities, the failed handoffs, the customers that are upset, the employees who are never feeling like they're getting down what they need to and underappreciated and strapped, the business owner that's having to rush in and solve the problems at the last hour, the imbalance at home, the work-life issues that come into play. I mean, those, those are the fundamentals that just They're the problems that underlie nearly every small business. And that is what I'm passionate about. Yes, I care about the technology. I'm very excited about how we can solve problems with technology. But usually the solution starts long before any technology comes into play. 
And that's actually where most businesses get stuck in the chaos. And I like to think of a business as being like a well-tuned, a well-oiled machine. There's a lot of moving parts. And a lot of these businesses, entrepreneurs are bootstrappers. They'll just go out, they'll get an idea, they'll recognize a need, and they're like, hey, we'll figure it out as we go. And as they do that, they're constructing this machine that the timing is off and things aren't firing the way they're supposed to. And so what you're able to do is take these, I would imagine, already decent businesses, good businesses that have a strong foundation, and you fine-tune. You get in, you fine-tune. So all cylinders are firing the way that they're supposed to. And once that happens, I can imagine that's an extremely rewarding thing for you and your team to be able to see that. Yes. And and I'm sure your clients are more than happy to appreciative of it as well. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, The way you describe that, you're putting the machine together and a lot of times things don't fire properly. They're not working right. And sometimes it's compounded by your labor, your employees, and they miss something or forget something. Sometimes it's that the process was never documented. It's never captured of what needs to happen once the new customer signs up and these three things that need to happen right away. And then the six things that need to happen over the next week. And then the 10 things that need to happen in the first 90 days. And it all has to happen in orchestration. And if it does, you've got a very happy client that provides reviews, referrals, and repeat business, which is I call the three R's of profitable growth in business. But when it doesn't work the right way, you get egg on your face as a business owner, the customer feels forgotten, the customer's expectations are missed, employees are scrambling, business owner has to come in and do firefighting mode. And that not only creates a lot of waste and a lot of inefficiency for that customer, but it robs the business of the reviews, the referrals, the repeat business, the profitable business that comes from that satisfied, happy customer. So Yeah, we tend not to think about it so much as business owners. A lot of times we'll think more about the customer acquisition process versus the service and the operations, the kind of behind the scenes, back end of the business. But that's really where the profit and the win occurs because you can spend a lot of money acquiring customers, but if you're not turning them into raving fans and doing it in an efficient, smooth, systematic process, then you got a fire on your hands. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And I've seen this in actually quite a few organizations, and it's probably not that uncommon. You'll have employees, people working in their positions, they have a specific role, and there's loose guidance and SOPs on what they need to accomplish. And so these people end up creating their own system. Unfortunately, that system is up here in their mind, and it might be a very great system for whatever their role is, but nobody knows, nobody else on the team or in the company knows what that system is because it's up here in their mind. God forbid something happens to that person or they're no longer a good fit and you have to let them go. Now, a lot of companies are trying to figure out like, oh, shoot, how do we replace that person? And so that's one of the things we really focus heavily on is having a standard operating procedures. So Mm -hmm. anyone that's qualified, we could come in and plug them into that role. So do you see that a lot in a lot of the businesses you're getting into where maybe they have some systems and processes, it's just not written down? Like, What's your experience with that? Yeah, absolutely. You described it well with the employee when the employee doesn't have a process to follow, they create their own. A lot of times the business owner hasn't gotten it out of their mind. So that millionaire mind, Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful in its creation and its ability to 
build a business has so much of it going on in the mind still, and it needs to come out of the mind and get into an SOP like you described. And so, yeah, we come across that all the time. And sometimes they've thrown a marketing automation tool at it or a CRM tool, or they've got a scheduling tool, or they've got different things to try to help. But we call that multi-system chaos. Now you've just got a whole bunch of systems that aren't talking to each other and it helps you get to a certain point, but it actually begins to hold back the business. And so, yes, we definitely see that process and system gets trapped in the mind of the business owner and the employee and they're not speaking clearly. Your point about getting standard operating procedures checklist, that's critical. What we say is SOPs are good, but you want SAPs. You don't want standard operating procedures. You want standard automated procedures. Because those happen every time. Those happen without fail. And even your best employee on their best day is going to mess up occasionally on the SOP. And so you might think, hey, my best employee gets it right 90% of the time or 95% of the time. And that's better than what most of the time happens, where it's maybe 50, 60, 70%. But that late night call you get, that emergency, that five alarm fire, it's coming because of the 5% of the time that the SOP wasn't followed. That's what happens. And so when you put the standard automated procedures in place, now you've got a business. Now you've got a machine, an operation where you as a business owner, it's, it's not reliant upon you. And I think what we see a lot, and you probably see this as well, is A lot of times that millionaire mind, that creator of the business who we revere, I mean, we just love them and have such respect for them. A lot of times they start to get overwhelmed because they're carrying so much in their mind. Their mind is literally the system that's holding it all together. And it's overwhelming. It's fatiguing. It's tiring. The unfortunate thing is that amazing mind that creates that business, um, that has such potential to create so much more starts to get so weighed down and cluttered by all the things it's got to keep straight that the business can't grow. And the freedom that the business owner thought they were going to get starts to leak out the business. And the time that they have to put in the business is increasing instead of decreasing. And that's really the travesty of business success on the outside, but on the inside, it's actually being held together by the business owner and maybe a key employee who are just feeling totally taxed and they can't go on vacation without being a little neurotic and obsessed about what's going to happen to the business. If they go at all, they struggle to get away to their kids' soccer games. They struggle to do the things that they told themselves they were going to do when they got into the business because their time is so controlled by the business. And that's what I'm passionate about. What I'm passionate about is We know that our six, seven, eight figure entrepreneurs that we serve, they want more money, more time, more control so that they can have great impact and great freedom. And that's what we're about. Our purpose is to liberate and empower entrepreneurs to strengthen families, communities, and economies. It so happens that we do it with automation, which is, in my my opinion, the great game changer. But I could go on and on about that. What I'm really passionate about is the problem that entrepreneurs experience that I call chaos. What they want is freedom. Very well said, Clay. Like, if you're listening to this, go back and listen to the last two, three minutes of Clay sharing with us really the impact. And I think that really brought out the purpose of why they exist and how they impact businesses. And I was laughing because when you were talking about the business mind and the chaos that goes in there and how it doesn't allow opportunity for more thoughts to come in and it just could turn into a mess, that's me. That's 100% me. 
But I recognized this, fortunately, early on, I was able to bring in a very good organized integrators, very detail-oriented minds, and we were able to take that out of my mind and get it down. So everybody was able to follow this procedure. And quick question, have you trademarked the standard automated procedures slogan? Is that a thing? Because we, I want to use it and I want to make sure I'm not infringing. <laughs> we're actually in the process of doing it right now. <laughs> ah, dang it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can, you I'll, can I'll always credit to you. About it. I, mean, I think it's perfectly fine to say from SOPs to SAPs, that's what you want. Well, how about this, Clay? How about I throw you a bone every time I mention it? I love so it. My, my, my good friend, Clayton Mast, automation expert. And then I'll go on to talk about standard operate or automated procedures. Standard automated that. procedures. That's I what we want. That. That's what keeps the firefighting down. Incredible. I want to pivot a little bit, Clay, to something you said early on in our conversation. You were talking about the you went through the school route, got a degree, and it in a way challenges people to kind of lose that create that creative mind. Yeah. I was actually having this conversation with a guest yesterday on this show. And it's a little upsetting when you really think about our country was built on business and opportunity and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And now our current system of education seems to be designed to train you to think a certain way, not make any mistakes Mm -hmm. and go work in a job, contribute to your 401k. It's a little upsetting when you really think about it and you consider like how this country was really founded. But one thing that we talked about that was very interesting, I want to get your thoughts on this. In a job setting, you make too many mistakes, you're probably going to lose your job. Like Mm -hmm. that's a no-no. You don't make mistakes. As a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you need to make those mistakes. Right. And you mentioned earlier, like you got to just take action and move because you figure it out as you go. So it's a major mindset shift here. Between yeah. between uh, I, I'll just say an employee or a W two versus an entrepreneur. One is like, hey, don't make mistakes, and so we feel that shame, we feel that guilt if we're an employee and we make a mistake. It's like, oh crap, I'm going to lose my job. Like that's one of the first thoughts that come to our mind. Now, as a business owner, you're like, awesome, I learned what mm-hmm. not to do, so let's take the next step forward. For somebody that might be struggling with this, maybe they're new to business or maybe they're considering transitioning out of this W-2 world and they're afraid to make mistakes, what advice could you share with them given your experience? I'm going to share something that is a little different than what is normally shared on this. What's normally shared is mistakes are good. We want to fail fast. We want to, the whole fail fast mentality is big in technology. You want to figure things out by failing and failing forward is a good thing. All of that mentality. But I don't think that gets at the core of it. The core of it is there's fear. And you said, how do you get past the fear of failure? I would submit that we can't be in fearful mode and creative mode at the same time. Mm. We don't create out of fear. We don't build out of fear. So my advice is shift from fearful mode into creation mode. Whether you are a frontline employee or a CEO, shift into creation mode, building mode. And then what happens is the failures don't feel like failures. They're just learnings. They're just things because you're in a different mindset. The mindset of achievers is not about fear of failure. It's about, I'm building this thing. Come what may, we are building this thing. 
And so when stuff happens and it doesn't go the way that you wanted, it's not crippling. It doesn't cause you to redouble. It doesn't cause you to rethink and, oh, shoot, maybe we're, no, like you just learned that doesn't work. Now do the next thing. But that requires a different mentality than the normal fearful mentality that is bred in education. It is. And by the way, I'm not a hater on education. I did eight years of college, for heaven's sakes. You know, I have a lot of appreciation for education and I encourage my kids to get all the education they can. But you have to understand what education teaches you to do. And the greatest educators, actually, even in the highest institutions of learning, the great educators are not instilling this fear. But the standard way of education does instill the fear, the panic of the quiz day, the fear of a pop quiz, of a test, you know, all this stuff. It's like, am I good enough? Well, that's a place that is not going to enable you to make mistakes productively. Whereas on the other hand, I'm building, I'm creating, I'm up to something that is completely tolerant of mistakes because it's all part of the learning process. So my advice is get out of fear mode and get into creation mode. So how would one do that? Say they're paralyzed by fear. Yeah. First, you have to notice it. And second, you have to admit it. Your ego actually wants you to stay in that place of fear. So the ego says, no, 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 this isn't fear. This is like the ego is protecting you from failure, from unpleasantness, whatever. And so the first thing you have to do is recognize I am in fear. And the second thing is you got to shut your ego up. And you got to say, no, take control of the ego. The ego is trying to hold you into average, hold you into status quo, hold you into let's just keep things comfortable. That's what the ego's job is. The ego's job is to keep you alive, to survive. That's preservation. The yeah, it's preservation. And that is not creation. That's just going to hold us back. So we have to recognize that we're in fear, identify it's coming from ego, and call out the fact that, oh, that's holding me back from what I'm creating. I'm moving into creation mode. And literally, that's all you have to do is say that to yourself. I'm moving into creation mode. Once you've noticed it and shut up your ego, then you can do it. And creation mode is so much more fun. And it doesn't it's, matter if you're energizing. a CEO, no matter what, we are all born to create and we make our best impact when we are in that creation building mode. Now, it looks different if you are a frontline employee that's following the checklist and doing assembling it just so. But you still can apply creation to what you do. You can still put your creative energy into whatever it is. Now, if you're a CEO, entrepreneur, building your company, then it's all out creation mode. Hey guys, my name's Nate Hare. I'm the executive director at Directed IRA. Directed IRA is a company that exists to provide a solution for people that want to invest their retirement accounts, be it IRAs or old 401ks, into things like real estate or things outside of the stock market. If you want to invest your IRA or old 401k into investments like real estate, apartments, syndications, or the great investments that Rev Equity has to provide, make sure that you reach out to us. You can find our information on investwithrev.com or our website, www.directedira.com. Open a self-directed IRA and invest in alternatives today. I share this with people all the time. Your ego is not your amigo. No. Like, the sooner you can set that aside. And I love what you said, Clay. First, recognize and then admit. And that is hard to do because going back to the ego, naturally, we don't want to admit that we're scared of something. We don't want to admit that we're bad at something. We don't want to admit that we have a weakness. Yeah. That is our ego speaking. That is natural preservation. It's like, nope, I can do it. I'm good. I don't have any flaws. The most successful business owners I've met recognize that, they admit it, 
and then they figure out a solution, whether that's partnering with someone that complements your skill sets or they yep. put in some automations to it, whatever the case is. They get it's into this level, Yeah. And it's this level of awareness that you need to come to as a business owner. And I like to say it's almost a, a higher level of intelligence because you're stepping out of this egoic phase mind into a more enlightened, if you will. And you start yes. kind of seeing how things are. Now, you and I are both very religious people. So faith is a big part of our lives. It's yep. been incredible to see how much faith has played into my business and my entrepreneur journey. Just it's like amazing. It does. I, you know, I, the thing that I say all the time is entrepreneurs who have faith, it's such a benefit and an advantage because there's a general faith with a kind of a lowercase f, and then there's a faith with an uppercase f that is your faith, your religion, your thing. If you have that uppercase F, you have learned how to have the lowercase F. Yeah. And in small business entrepreneurship, if you don't have the lowercase F of faith, it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, the books and teachings are replete with this. If you don't believe in what you're doing, so just call it belief. If you don't believe that you're going to be successful, if you come to your business every day where the jury's out on whether or not we're going to be successful, um, it's going to be a tough road. <laughs> you have to come to it knowing you're going to be successful, come what may. And that drive, it doesn't mean you have to have the uppercase F faith in order to have that belief that we will be successful in our business. But the reverse is, it's an advantage. If you have that uppercase F, you've learned how to believe in something you can't see. You've learned how to believe in a future and in something that's not tangible. You can't put your hands on it. And so that becomes very helpful to entrepreneurs when faced with the choice of, am I going to believe that this business that's giving me all kinds of evidence that it's not going to be successful, by the way, that's the real thing. The business is like putting evidence in your face all day, every day saying, no, this isn't going to be successful. Can you believe that it's going to be successful? That's the question. And just like in the big F, in the small F, there is evidence all around to suggest failure and success. Yep. Evidence all around to confirm your faith or deny your faith. And it's just a choice. It just comes down to what do we choose to believe? And then we take action consistent with that belief and the outcome becomes true because we make it true by our beliefs and our actions. So I think it's a great point you're bringing up about faith and entrepreneurship. I see it all the time. I talk about it frequently. You don't have to have capital F faith in order to be a successful entrepreneur, but it is a nice little advantage because it teaches you to have lowercase F faith. I could tell you're a very thoughtful person, Clay, and I appreciate that example you shared and you said it so eloquently for me and to our listeners. So really appreciate that. And I love the thought that you put into the capital F faith and the lowercase. But at the end of the day, when you start a business, it's an idea. And yeah. you don't know if it's going to work out. And so being able to push forward consistently while not knowing if it's absolutely going to work out or not, that takes a certain level of mindset and headspace yeah. required for it. And again, going back to what Clay and his team does, I love what you said earlier. You can't be in fearful mode and creative mode at the same time. Yeah, This is what Clay and his team do. They help get you out of that fearful mode by taking these thoughts, ideas, automating it so that you can more fully spend your time in that creative mode where you should be. And you mentioned something about your frontline employee. Maybe they're just going through a checklist. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. Even if you are that frontline employee, 
If you're going through that checklist multiple times a day, you're going to have more insight and feedback from the people, from those procedures than probably that business owner does because they're Mm -hmm. separated from it. Use your creative mind to figure out how to improve that process for you, for the company, for the team. And when you start doing that, I guarantee you business owners will recognize it because now you're thinking the way they do. And if you bring this valuable feedback to them, they will take note of it and they will recognize. And you continually do this. Now you're creating opportunities for yourself for growth and expansion within the company. So even if you're that frontline employee, like Clay said, there is still room for creativity. Yeah. Well, I love the challenge to people to say, hey, let's get this out of your mind. My team and I did this with small businesses for nearly a decade before we finally said, you know, we've done this so many times. We know what it looks like. And we created a process for it and created a method that we use. It's called life cycle automation. And basically what we do is we can take any business that's dealing with the chaos, the overwhelm, the missed opportunities, drop balls, frustration, just the stagnation in growth, or maybe there's profit that's leaking out of the business. But we can take any business and say, okay, let us go through a consultation that takes about one hour and we'll identify for them the three most pressing issues that are causing the waste in their business and causing them to not grow efficiently and profitably. We put that all into a what we call our business growth playbook that's tailored for that business. And then they can take it and say, okay, I can go work on this myself. I can go find someone else to help me do this, or I can work with Keep to automate my business. But we worked with people doing what you just described. Apply your creativity, get it out of your mind, get the process out. And what we found is that it's really hard to help to get people to do that when they're dealing with all the fires and everything that's going on. Maybe if they were out of chaos mode, it wouldn't be a problem. But most of the time, they just don't have the ability to sit down and think through it. And because we've done it tens of thousands of times now, um, it's a very natural process for us that we take them through life cycle automation, identify the three things that are low-hanging fruit for them. And then if they work with us, we help them automate those three things. And then we move to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And the whole game is automate as much of your business as you can so that you can get that freedom you were after in the first place. You've mentioned this multiple times, putting out those fires. What happens is business owners, especially newer businesses and startups, and maybe you've been around for 10 years and you just became conditioned with the chaos. Right. And that's not where you should be spending your time. And there's this really powerful tool. Stephen R. Covey talks about it. It's referred to as the Eisenhower matrix. You just draw four quadrants along the top. and one section, you write important, non-important. And then down the vertical axis, you write urgent and non-urgent. And so now you have these different box and they correlate with these different words. And what you're referring to, Clay, is quadrant one, where it's important and urgent. That's your firefighting box. And that's where, unfortunately, a lot of business owners get sucked into because they don't have good processes. They don't have good systems. They don't have good automation built in. And that throws them into this fight or flight. It throws them into this, oh, shoot, I got to figure this out. Maybe there's some fear. Like, what if we lose this? And to back to your point, you can't be in fearful mode and creative mode. And so what this matrix does is it helps you organize your thoughts and figure out what can you delegate? What can you implement a process on? Because as a business owner, you want to be operating in the quadrant that's important and not urgent. 
Yeah. Maybe I got those backwards, right? But no, you, you want yeah. you want to be focusing on stuff that's important, but it doesn't need to be done today because what that does is it allows you to take a breath and it allows you to think and it allows yeah. you to be creative and tap into what I believe every one of us has, this internal intuition, drive, thoughts. And so spending time out of that first quadrant, fighting fires and getting into that quadrant where you can actually think and create Right. That needs to be your goal as a business owner, period. Yeah, you're exactly right. My friend, Michael Gerber, who wrote the forward to my book, he famously says, you need to work on your business, not in your business. That's working on the important that's not urgent on your business. You're working on it. The problem is if you're in firefighting mode, if you're stuck in that important urgent and everything, or even the urgent, not important, which sometimes you get pulled into when you're just in urgency mode, it's really tough to go work on the problem. And This is why I say automation is the great game changer for small businesses, because what it does is it enables you to stop trading hours for dollars. And that's fundamentally, you know, nearly every service business is in an hours for dollars game, especially the professional services. You know, they literally bill out their hours. But when you can get out of that, and part of this is like productizing your package, doing subscriptions. I mean, there are other ways to do it. But automation is the real game changer. And I have another friend, Rory Baden, who says, automation is to your time what compound interest is to your money. Ooh. And it's a great line. Say that one more time for our listeners. Automation is to your time what compound interest is to your money. And I talk in the book about the entrepreneur's hierarchy of success, that ultimately what we want is freedom. But it comes in the form of money, time, control, and impact in that hierarchy, much like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. First, we want money. And then once we get money, we realize, you know what? I sure would like a lot more time to, a little more time to enjoy this money. And so then we want time. And when we have money and time, then what we really want is control to do only the things that we like to do and delegate all rest. And you get to that place of control, do the things you want with the people you want, when you want. That's what the control looks like. And then when you have those things, the next level is impact. You get to have the impact on your community, your employees, customers, partners, the world that you want. And that ultimately is the freedom we're after as entrepreneurs. But it all starts with, you have to fix that. I mean, you got to get the money going. By the way, this is why we work with six-figure businesses, seven-figure businesses, and eight-figure businesses, because they don't have a business yet to automate so that they can do that time part, right? Once you get a little money going, then it's like, okay, how can I get more time? And automation is to your time what compound interest is to your money. Love it. Love it. That needs to be the quote of the show. Right there. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know how else to really encompass the whole conversation we've been having, right? My grandpa had this saying that he taught me when I was a little kid. He said, interest, thems who understand it, earn it, thems who don't pay it. And he just taught us that. And I would say automation. Those who understand it, employ it. Those who don't see it and talk about whatever. But Rory that I just mentioned, he's a New York Times bestselling author, Hall of Fame speaker. He's got a great business. He's actually built six businesses using Keep Automation, where two of those are eight-figure businesses. And he's done that by automating not just your marketing or your sales, but automating your entire business, your service, your operations, your back end. And why can he say that, make that statement? Automation is to your time, what compound interest is to your money, because he's lived it six times now. Wow. 
Absolutely incredible. Clay, man, we could keep talking about this stuff. I love automation. I love business. It's obvious that you do as well, but unfortunately we're coming up on time here, but share with our listener, what are some, anything exciting, anything big, anything new goals that Keep is working on in the near future? You know, a bunch of things. I'll start with my book, Conquer the Chaos comes out March 6th. We're doing a big kickoff event for a virtual summit on February 23rd to where I'll teach Conquer the Chaos and small business automation. And we'll have amazing lineup of speakers, Michael Hyatt, Rory Baden that I just mentioned, Don Miller, Robin Robbins, Pete Vargas, one or two others may be joining as well. So it's going to be a great kickoff event, February 23rd. And that's really to kick off the book where I talk about a lot about mindset and many of the things we talked about here. By the way, the book is Conquer the Chaos. The six keys to success for entrepreneurs. The first three keys are personal. They are mindset, life, vision, and what I call a rhythm of execution. The second three keys are business, and they are strategy, automation, and leadership. So the book kicks off at this event, February 23rd. The audiobook and hardbound are available March 6th. I'm just excited to kick that off. So that's one big thing. And then we're doing some pretty cool and exciting things in the products to enable our customers to automate more and more of their business. Obviously, there's a bunch of AI stuff that we're doing, but yeah, it's a really fun, exciting time to be part of small business automation and leading that charge. You know, we've been doing it for 20 years and we didn't get into the specifics, but we started it in marketing automation. We created the category as a company called Infusionsoft, which is what we were formerly. And we built marketing automation for small businesses. And then a couple of years ago, we said, you know what? It's not the whole thing. It's got to be small business automation. And that's really what we do. It's small business automation, marketing automation, sales automation, service operations automation. And so we just love doing what we do, but it's not just about the tool. It's about the strategy and the services to go along with it. So we say all the time, software plus strategy plus services equals success. And we love doing that. And the reason we say that is because if you just go get a tool and you don't have your processes, your SOPs, you don't have it all laid out, then it's really difficult to automate. And so that's why a huge part of what we do is take people through lifecycle automation, help them get really clear on their business growth playbook. And then those who want to, we partner with them to implement it. Those who don't, they can take it and go do it on their own or work with someone else. Awesome. Love it. And Clay, how can somebody connect and get on to this uh, book launch that you're having coming up? Yeah, they can go to um, conquerthechaosbook.com. And that's a way to kind of get in on what's happening there and get an early copy of it if you want. So that's the place to go, conquerthechaosbook.com. They can learn more about the Growth and Freedom Summit on February 23rd and all the stuff associated with it. Awesome. And we'll add that link into the show notes. So if you're listening to this on your phone or wherever you might be, just go down, click on that link and get signed up to be a part of that. I don't know about you, but I got a ton of nuggets out of our conversation with Clay today. So and, and let me share one other thing down please. in case there's anybody that's saying, hey, I'd like to get a one hour consult with one of your experts to give me my business growth playbook and identify the three things that are immediate automation opportunities for me. They can just go to keep.com slash MM for Millionaire Mind and just keep.com slash MM and they can get the business growth playbook tailored for their business. Awesome. Incredible. Thank you, Clay. Well, as we wrap this up, there's four questions I like to ask every guest at the end of every show. And the first one being is what is one absolute book recommendation for those looking to scale and further develop their millionaire mind? I'm assuming aside from Conquer the Chaos, right? <laughs> So many amazing books. I would say to me, if they haven't read the classic 
Think and Grow Rich, I think it's timeless. I reread that one all the time. And every time I reread it, there's new stuff in there. So that's one that I highly recommend. I read six books a quarter. I read like crazy. And probably once every other year or so, I reread that book. And that book talks, it dives in a little bit to the faith, like you and I were talking about, just yep. thinking and believing that it's yep. that it's going to happen. So Clay, what has been one of your favorite quotes that you've embodied and lived by? You know, I'm a big quote guy. And so when I thought about this, I said, I'll pick one based on how things go in the conversation. We talked a lot about belief and a lot about creation. And so I love a quote that says, cynics do not contribute, skeptics do not create, and doubters do not achieve. Mm -hmm. That is a great quote for entrepreneurs. That is a great quote. Love it. If there was one thing you could share with fellow business owners that are beginning or simply trying to get to that next level, what would it be? You know, it's this, that more follow-up means more sales. And most of the time, we just don't follow up enough. Our research has shown over and over and over that small businesses tend to follow up one to three times, and customers tend to buy after an average of seven to 12 interactions. So if it takes seven to 12, but we do it one to three times, we're leaving tons of money on the table. In my book, I detail how you can literally, any business can double or triple their sales with proper follow-up. Now, it turns out that to do it properly, you kind of need automation because it's pretty tough without a system to do it. But even without automation, mere mortals can double the amount of follow-up they do and they will dramatically increase their sales. Follow-up, more follow-up means more sales. And let's be honest, a lot of us suck at it. And that's yeah. why you need an automated system and solution right. to do it right. for you. And it, exactly it's okay. Right. Recognize it and admit it. Just like, and then like take action. Her, and then take action. Yep. Well, Clay, you already shared with us a couple areas that people can go to conquerthechaos.com and keep.com or conquer the chaos book. Conquerthechaosbook.com and then keep.com and, and keep.com. If somebody wanted to connect with you on a more personal level, how could they connect with you? Yeah. LinkedIn is probably the best way. They can also just email me, Clay, at keep.com. Awesome. Excellent. Look, this has been an incredible conversation with Clay. And if this is your first time listening, I'm so glad that you tuned in. People have been asking me what my company does. So since I have you here listening to my show, I'll share that with you now. My company partners with busy professionals just like Clay that are looking to experience significant tax savings, have more to invest, and even reinvest their hard-earned capital. And we work with other successful business owners like you by offering them opportunities to invest alongside us in large apartment deals. At Rev Equity Group, we have found that most successful business owners have a strong desire to give and to serve, and we simply provide a vehicle to enable them to grow and preserve their wealth so they can give up their time and financial success more abundantly and freely. If you've been frustrated with the stock market, want to grow capital in something you can actually touch and see, and invest in one of the most recession-resilient asset classes, then you can find out how I can serve you by visiting investwithrev.com dot com slash resources. It can be overwhelming vetting the right investment and the right operator, but at Rev, we make apartment investing easy. Clay, again, thank you so much for your time and just your wealth of knowledge and expertise in business and automation. And this is absolutely going to be an episode that I'm going to go back and listen to, and I'm actually going to have my team listen to it as well. So very, very appreciative for you and your time. 
You bet. Happy to do it. Thanks so much, Dale. It's been fun. And to our listener, remember, you can't have a million dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. So go out there and earn your win for today. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Hope you got value from this episode of The Millionaire Mind, a journey into the mindset of successful business owners. If you want to get results, you've got to take the right steps to get there. Dallin hosts a free weekly educational webinar focused on teaching you how to start investing in apartments so you too can experience the benefits of real estate ownership without doing any of the heavy lifting. There you can gain insights, connect with others like you, and ask Dallin all your burning questions about how you can start owning apartments today. Go to themillionairemind.us. That link is in the show notes.